sacrificial things. Very important. It's sacred. Now, God sacrificed his son for us. And Jesus sacrificed himself. This showed us that this is the greatest act of love. So it lets us know that God's love for us is very powerful. Now, the second point that I want to put down so y'all can write this part is friends. Write down friends. Friends. Now, let's read verse 14 together. Still in John 15. And then we're going to jump back up to 12. So let's read verse 14. Ready, read. You are my friends if you do what I command. Okay. Now let's go back up to 12. Let's read it together. Verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. So let's break down the definition of a friend. A friend is a person attached to another by feelings of affection or personal regard. Jesus loves us. That's the most affection that you can have is love. That's an affection. Emotion. Form of emotion. Love. Well, by definition, it says a person attached to another by feelings of affection or personal regard. So this lets me know, by definition, Jesus considers us his friends. By definition. Okay? But here's the catch. Healthy friendships are mutual. They resolve, they involve reciprocation. Healthy friendships are mutual. Now, by definition, love is an intense feeling of deep affection. So this goes back to saying that Jesus loves us. Okay, he has affection. It also is a great interest or pleasure in something. I love her. So I take interest in what she's interested in. I take interest in her well-being. I take pleasure in knowing that she's happy because I genuinely love her. By definition, it involves being having an intense feeling of deep affection, which I have for her, but also a great interest or pleasure in something. What God showed me was last week we spoke about God's word being God. I know y'all probably saw the clip. God's word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and everything was made by the word. God broke this down to me. The interest and pleasure that is involved in the definition of love, God showed me. He said, in order for you to love me, you have to take interest or pleasure in me. Well, God is the word. God showed me. He said, People say that they love me, but they have a definition, their own definition of what true love really is because they don't take any interest or pleasure in me or the things of me. God's word is him, but people won't even pick up their Bible until Sunday. Pleasure or interest. When you're interested in something, you want to do it. When you have pleasure in something, you have no problem doing it. You take delight in doing it. He's my friend. I take interest in what he's interested in. So if he tells me, brother, 
I don't know how to read this, or I need help studying for this exam. Can you help me? I'll take interest in helping him get a better grade by helping him study if he asks for help. With no problem. I'll delight in that because I want to see him do well. When it comes to the things of God, we love God, but we don't take interest in reading the word or meditating or doing the things of God because we don't really have a true definition of love. So this brings me back to my initial question. God considers you his friend, but do you consider God your friend? Come on, somebody. The importance of loving our fellow man is tied directly into this. What does verse 12 say? My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. What does verse 14 say? You are my friends if you do what I command. Now, it says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Okay, we got that part. 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Okay, what's the commandment? Love each other as I have loved you. The golden rule. Okay? How y'all doing this morning? Now, we're in John chapter 15. And we're reading uh, from verse 12 and 14 at this current moment. All right, and I'll be verse. So he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Well, this is the only friendship that I consider actually like, you're going to tell me what to do? <laughs> Because God is working everything out for our best interests. But if you have regular friends, you, 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 you don't really consider that a friendship if someone tells you, well, you're only my friend if you do this. You're like, no, it's supposed to be mutual. How are you going to tell me what to do? I'm grown. Right? But God is asking us to do something that is beneficial for ourselves and for the rest of mankind. Love each other as he has loved us. You know what God broke down to me during this? He showed me, he said, the church is struggling with becoming friends with him because they don't follow the golden commandment, loving one another. It's not about loving the person sitting next to you in the pew. Loving one another involves the entire human race. But church people want to love church people. Oh, come on, somebody. Church people want to love the person that look like them. You dress up nice, and I dress up nice, then I love you. Preach, Pastor. But if you come in with jeans and a t-shirt, who are you? Who are you? Where you come from? Why are they wearing that? Why are they doing that? But the Bible doesn't tell me to love people that look like me or love people that act like me. The Bible says, Jesus said, love each other as I have loved yeah. you. Last time I checked, Jesus loved everyone equally. <laughs> Sinners. Priests, prostitutes, pastors, all the same. Mm -hmm. The church is losing as a whole because we love the people who we want to love instead of loving everyone the way God, God loves, loves us. us. Come on, preach, pastor. So when we see here, verse 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I realize that God is our friend, but we have not obtained to the level of being God's friend because yes. we can't even follow simple instructions. Come on, somebody. Am I making sense? You're making a lot of sense. Come on, somebody. So, 1 John 4, verse 7 through 8 says it like this. Beloved, 
Let us love one another for love is of God. Yes. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. Is love. Oh my. My, my, my. Now, let's break it down. I said earlier that love is an intense feeling of deep affection or a great interest and pleasure in something. Well, when you love God, you delight in keeping his commandments. Keeping his commandments. Most church people, they won't never reach nobody else because they don't know how to properly love. This is why I tell y'all the church is not the building. The church is you. Because when you leave this building, you have to still do the things that you learn in the building. <laughs> if the building crashed and burned and we never were able to meet here again and we had to meet outside in the park or in the tent or in the garage of someone's home, would you still implement the word and teachings of God or would you only be focused on the building? Come on, somebody. People want to have church in the big buildings where we got a picture of Jesus on the cross in the background and it's stained glass and, and, and pews to sit down in and a drum set, keyboardist, guitarist and the words on the screen and a big podium that looks majestic and bishop robes. But where's the love at? Half the people in those churches don't even love their fellow man. Because if you take them out into places with people that don't go to that church, you'll see the true cup. <laughs> when you're really a friend of God, you take delight in what he delights in. And he delights in lost souls. He delights in loving people. Yes. He delights in forgiving people who don't deserve to be forgiven. Yes. Come on, somebody. So when you're really a friend of God, you do the things that he does because you understand that verse 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And what does he command? Love each other as I have I loved love you. you. When you wake up in the morning, before you go to point your finger at the person who you feel like doesn't deserve X, Y, and Z, you should ask yourself and look in the mirror and say, have I ever sinned? Hmm. <laughs> before you say, they don't deserve forgiveness. Did you? Hmm. But God gave it to you anyway, didn't he? Sure did. The reason you're here today is because of God giving forgiveness to all of mankind. So before we say, well, uh, I'm a friend of God because I read my Bible and I pray. My question to most Christians when they say all of this is, but do you love your fellow man? You get to weeding out all that religious crap when you ask somebody, do they love their fellow man? Of course I do. Okay. When's the last time you did something for someone else and didn't expect anything in return? Come on, somebody. Am I making sense? Yes. Okay. So, what is friendship with God? It involves us taking interest in the things of God. Taking pleasure in His Word. Amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, next point. Friends know your secrets. Sure do. It's the next point. Friends know your secrets. You can write it down. John 15, verse 15. We still in the NIV version. John 15, verse 15. Let's read it together. You got it, sis? Mm -mm. Okay, we'll wait. I want everybody to read it. John 15, verse 15. 
Joseph from okay. South Africa is on live. Hey, praise the Lord. God bless you, brother. John 15, verse 15, NIV version. Ready? Let's read together. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Come on. Friends know your secrets. Jesus told us everything that the father wanted, liked, and expected from us. He gave us a cheat sheet all through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John all depicted the same thing. Of what? Different versions. Some things, different pieces. You go in all the books, you might find something you didn't find in the last book. But all of these things that Jesus was saying to the people and to the world was what God expected and wanted from us. That he wanted to heal the sick. That he wanted to bring sight to the blind. That he wanted to set the captives free. That he involved everyone and loved everyone equally. All these things are listed in the teachings of Jesus and when he was speaking. And he said, these are all things from my Father, which is in heaven. What is our sole purpose? To bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Yes. Everything that God intends here, we have to operate here. Not because it's not possible, but because the world is not going to do it. We're set apart to do this. Okay? So when you see here, he said he made known everything, right? He lets us know everything that God made known to him, the Father made known to him. It made me realize something. Christians love saying, God works in mysterious ways. And I said yes to people he doesn't trust. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're his friends, he makes known his secrets. The things that you would not know other than being friends with him. Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. See, many people don't know what God is doing next or where God is moving next because they spend no time with him. They're not his friend. So he's not going to reveal the vast majority of his secrets and the resources, everything to them, because this is what people want to do. Uh, people treat God the way they treat others. <laughs> people want to give you a little bit and expect a lot of it from you. <laughs> so they do the same thing to God. They go, uh, I love God. <laughs> I come to church on Sunday <laughs> and I leave and I might do a little shout. And then when I leave and I go home, I spend no time with God at all, but I want God to bless me in my finances, bless my business, bless my friendships, bless my relationship, give me some more income, give me some more opportunity. Uh, God, why you didn't show me that that person didn't have my best interest in mind? Oh, God, I need you to show me what they thinking about me. Oh, uh, God, I need you to show me if this person right or not for me. God, I need you to ah, ah, ah. And God is simply asking, when are you going to spend time with me? But we treat God worse than we've ever treated anybody on this earth. That's sad. We treat God like a uh, like a uh, a sex appointment. We call him when we need him, and when we don't need him, don't call me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to you. Only when I need you. On the late night, creeping. God. I know I ain't been living right, but God, can you please bless me, God? Because I'm struggling. I can't pay my rent this month. Come, please come through, God, please. Then he provides. Then what we do. Thank you, God. And then tomorrow, go do whatever we wanted to do all over again. Right? This is what I'm saying. God showed it to me. He said, I do work in mysterious ways, son. To people who I don't trust <laughs> all the way. I love them. Y'all heard us saying? You can love somebody but not trust them. Y'all yeah. heard that? Mm -hmm. yeah, come on, somebody. I mean, people say, no, love, you trust folk. Not necessarily. I might trust you to an extent, but not all the way. Mm -hmm. 
But when you really trust someone, you have no problem giving them the deep, dark secrets of your life because you know they ain't going to run and tell nobody. That's another thing that goes with being trusted by God. Sometimes we get knowledge and knowledge and uh, words of understanding and all these things for God. And then we go out to tell everybody. Well, God told me that I'm going to be the head and not tell. And he told me that I'm going to run this place and that place and this place and this and do, 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 do. And just run in your mouth. And God like, oh. So when you do that one time, he'll stop telling you so much. He'll keep it from you because he know you don't know how to control your mouth. Yikes. Come on, somebody. Uh, my mama used to tell me when I was a child, if you hold your mouth right, God will bless you. I didn't truly understand what it meant fully until I became an adult and understood that many times I was killing my own blessings because I was running my mouth too much. Come on, somebody. So when you're really friends with someone, you know how to keep your mouth closed. You know, you ever had a friend say, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell nobody. And they'll say, not even, and they'll name the people that's in y'all circle. <laughs> Right? They don't fully trust you. Right. 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 Don't tell them. But the people in their circle, they don't fully trust. So they try to tell you, don't tell them. But if it ever get back to them, they know who told it. God treat us the same way. He like, I love them, but <laughs> they don't know how to keep their mouth closed yet. They still working on that part. So I'm gonna give them just a little bit. Uh they gotta get prophetic anointing and prophetic understanding from the pastor. I can't actually tell them yet because they ain't gonna get it. They're going to just tell everybody. They're going to kill their own blessing. He be trying to protect us. It's truth, right? Psalms make this make sense. No, God doesn't reveal everything to people he can't trust. But to his friends, he makes known his heart. To his friends, he makes known his heart. Now, let me elaborate. This is the difference between just living as a believer and having in-depth insight from God. Can you tell the difference? Yes. Can you? I can. I can always tell. I can tell when somebody hears from God, like clearly. And I can tell when they just live as a believer. Excuse me. I can tell. You know how I can tell? Because it's evident. The Bible says you know them by their fruit. That don't mean that the believer who doesn't have deep insight from God is dying and going to hell. That's not what that means. What it means is they won't live to the fullest extent of what God has for them while here on earth. Because God knows that they don't ever spend time with him. They do the basics. Y'all got... Am I making sense? Like, you know, like... They're basically the Sunday Christians. They show up to church sometimes, <laughs> and they and they get God a little bit here and there, and then they like that's it. But they love God, but they don't give Him no time. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you really love God, you'll begin to understand. Like, wait a minute, if I love Him, I want to let Him know that I love Him, and in order to let Him know that I love Him, I gotta spend more time with Him. Because if I spend more time with Him, then He gonna spend more time with me. Yes. And then when He spend more time with me, I begin to know more things about Him. And when I begin to know more things about Him, I know more things about life. And then when I learn more things about life, I'll be able to stay away from deception and stay away from oppression and stay away from people who don't mean me no good. And then when I stay away from people that mean me no good, God can bless me with more. Cause He ain't gonna bless your table if it's people that don't need to be there sitting at the table. Right. Yes. It's very important to become a friend of God. It is. It's an option. But it's one of them options that'll change your life. Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody. Y'all ever heard people be like, you can pay an extra $15, $20 for this warranty. And it's an option. But if that thing break on you, you can't get another one without the warranty. Right? Well, this is your warranty. Come on, somebody. Uh, I don't think that they hear extra $20 for right now, like, ah, I need that $20. Do you really? Can you sacrifice something? Sacrifice that little out to eat for that $20 warranty? Come on now. Can you sacrifice that little night out for God right quick? Oh, oh, Brother Nate smiling at me. Brother Nate, I ain't trying to call you a bracelet. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you sacrifice? 
Can you sacrifice uh watching that Netflix special for four, five, six, seven, eight hours real quick <laughs> to give God thirty minutes of your time? <laughs> preach, Pastor. I'm about to go preach to the Church of Latter Day Saints. They might get it. Uh, Y'all hear me? Uh, can you can you sacrifice a little something to give God a little bit of time? Because let me explain what works. Repetition is the father of learning. So if you give God a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there, what's going to happen? That little bit going to turn to a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then that little bit more turns into a, a lot, lot and a lot of bit more. And a lot, yeah. right, right. And then that little lot turns too much. So you go from five-minute prayers to 35-minute prayers with no problem. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. You go from five-minute reading scripture to an hour reading, and you didn't even know the hour passed. Dang, book. I, I read this whole book. This is <laughs> right. interesting. Right. right. Now you take interest in the things of God. Right. You got the other definition of love. Come on, somebody. Right. So now when your friends go, dang, bro, you're making me understand. Like, you different. It's a whole different glow. Like, how do you get into God, the things of God like that? You know what you got to tell them? Just try them out and see. Exactly. The Bible me. says, taste and see that oh, the Lord is good. Oh, good. Yeah. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Taste and see. Ooh. You know? Y'all ever heard that, uh, you know, sinful folk would say stuff like, uh, come get a little taste. When you get a little taste, he ain't going to never go away. He's going to keep coming back. Well, God got that comeback too. You just got to get a little taste. Just a little taste. Just, mm -hmm. Come on, right? Come on, now. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody. Now, look here. Let me make it make sense. This goes back to my question. God is our friend. But are we friends to God? I'm, I'm friends to plenty of people. I'm their friend. But they're not my friend. They don't ever reciprocate. What I tell you, healthy relationships are mutual. Mm -hmm. It involves reciprocation. Mm -hmm. You know what people do? They call my line all the time asking for advice and counsel. And Pastor King do this. And Pastor pray about this. And Pastor God talking to me about this. But I need some clarity. Pastor King do. I, I, I. You know how much time is spent me giving out? Ask me how much comes back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's why God ordained me to walk this path. Because he knew I was able to do it without needing all of that validation and all of that friendship back and everybody pouring back into me. Because when people don't pour back into me, God pours back into me. Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody. I don't need people to go, well, Pastor, let me bless you with a $1,000. It would be nice, <laughs> Prince Lord. But... God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory, right? I don't need people to come in and give 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 dollar offer every week and do. That would be nice, but whatever God lay on your heart, God blesses that. But me personally, I spend time with God because God is my best friend. He's my Abba Father. Should tell you, I get down on my knees and cut everybody out and push everybody away and say, I need some time with God. I'll turn on music and just praise and worship and get to crying out to God. And he'll begin to fill me with his power and his anointing. And people go, Pastor, can you cut it this? Do you want to cut it that? Come? God bless you. I can't cut this week. I can't cut today. God bless you. Guess what, though? They go, well... Uh, maybe next time, right? But when they need something and they call me, I'm full of power and anointing and can give them something. But if I didn't do that, when they call me, I might have a little bit of juice. And if I take my little bit of juice and give you and you ain't got no juice, I ain't gonna have no juice left. Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody. But God is my friend. So I take pleasure in spending time with him because he's my friend. 
when nobody else was there for me, he was there for me. When people turned their back on me, God never turned his back on me. Matter of fact, when people turned their back on me, including church folk, and said he done lost his way, he done turned their own wrong way, he ain't never coming back. This is never. They said never. He is never coming back. He got arrested. He faced the toilet. He ain't going to do this. He ain't going to do that. God said, that's my son. I ain't giving up on him yet. How dare you give up on my son? Do you understand what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to tell you is, it's okay if you don't have a lot of friends. Because as long as you have the best friend you could ever have, everything else will seem obsolete. Does that mean you won't get friends? No. He'll give you godly friends. But when you get a relationship with God, everything else falls in line. What does Matthew 5 say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. What's these things? Prosperity, friendships, relationships, healthy relationships, healthy friendships. Come on, somebody. Money, prosperity. People like that, right? But you got to get something from God. You understand? You got to be his friend. You understand? So now, to help you out, I've compiled what we call a checklist on being God's friend. Okay? A checklist. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Y'all ready for the verse? We're going to put just put down God's friend's checklist or checklist on being God's friend or whatever you want to put. Just put checklist, whatever works. But you know what the sermon was about today. By the way, the sermon is called God's Friend. God's Friend. Okay. So, checklist on being God's friend. First step. Spend time with him. Yes. Learn his love language. Spend time with him. And underneath that one, you can put this. Under spending time with him, you put read the word. Because God is the word. You can put pray, because you can't get to know someone if you don't communicate with them. Mm. Come on, somebody. Prayer is communication with God. So you can read the word, because God is the word. You can pray, because you got to communicate in order to spend some time. Praise and worship. Okay. Now, I'm going to reference Psalm 22, verse 3, and you can read that for yourself later. Psalm 22, verse 3, King James Version. But it says, he inhabits the praises of his people. Okay. Praise and worship. When you praise God and worship God, you alert him that you are down here doing something that he likes. God is a jealous God. I just want to let you know that. Like, y'all ever had a jealous significant other? God beat them. But the only difference is, he's not toxic. Mm. He's jealous, meaning he wants your praise, he wants your worship, but when you do that, he's going to bless you. Oh, come on, somebody. I ain't never had a jealous person that actually benefited me, ever. Jealous folk usually stir up trouble. I used to have a jealous one before I met the woman God gave me, and I said, oh, good God almighty, this ain't it. I used to have some jealous folk, like significant, you know. I ain't had too many relationships. I had little flings, but I had some jealous folk. As soon as I found out it was on that type of time, I was like, oh, God bless you. I'm out. I ain't doing this. You toxic, right? I'm just being real with you, right? But let me show you. But God is the type of jealous God that he expects praise and worship. But when you give him that praise and worship, he inhabits wherever you are. Y'all remember when it says where two or more are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst. 
Y'all remember that? Well, guess what? When you give praise and worship, you don't even need the other people. He come and have it. So I'm telling you, yeah, two or three gathered. So you need one, two, three, or one, two, three, or one, two, or whatever. Two or three, right? And then God comes in the midst as long as you what? Uplift in prayer to him and in Jesus' name, right? But guess what? I can eliminate everybody out this room and y'all all leave out. And as long as I'm praising and worshiping God, I play some music or I'm praising the Lord. I'm just giving him thanks. Then he comes in and inhabits that without none of y'all having to be here. Mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. I just gave y'all a big gym. Praise and worship. You can get one-on-one, mono-e-mono time with God and he'll inhabit that. I wonder what happens when he inhabits you or inhabits the room you're in or the car you're in or the closet you're in or whatever, the workspace you're in. I wonder what happens. Come on, son. You're going to feel it. Things begin to change. Oppression begins to be removed. Anxiety has to dip. Every demonic oppression and force has to immediately because they cannot stand in his presence. Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody. You might be going through something and you battling the time of the fight of your life and you just say, God, thank you for all you've done for me. In advance, I just want to say thank you. You might sing a song that you know. No weapon fun against me shall prosper by Fred Hammond. Or you might sing another song. You might sing Morning Glory by Juanita Bonham. Or you might sing Jesus I Love You by Jonathan Nelson. Whatever you're singing and God hear that and he come and have it. And then everything just breaks. Just start breaking up. See, this is why... <laughs> I'm going to go off script one more time before we get back to the checklist. This is why the devil is so big on the music industry. Because he knows if he can make God's people not worship God and begin to listen to the other stuff that ultimately worships him, then there ain't no mono-a-mono time with God and he can stick around. <laughs> go ahead and preach. Oh, y'all not hearing me yet. Yeah, well, let's just play the clean version. The problem with the clean version is that the clean version still insinuates sin or things that alleviate to what Satan is capable of, then it don't matter. You might as well play the dirty version. I might go to the Latter-day Saint church. <laughs> Listen, do you hear me? Do you hear me? Listen to me. The enemy got people thinking that uh, Christian music or gospel music and all that like, bro, I mean, I understand, but not all the time. Man, I used to be like that. I'm going to be real with y'all. y'all. I come from making music. So, of course, I ain't want to hear this type of music all the time. Like, God almighty, all the time. But then I realized something. God showed me. He said, when you finish listening, how do you feel? And I used to. Because I would listen to clean versions of stuff and then come back and, uh, like, play. Like, try to, like, talk to God or praise or something. And I, I wouldn't feel right. I'd be like, I got to pray a little bit harder. I'm going to pray a little bit harder. And he like... He like, what you praying harder for? <laughs> what you got going on? Like, well, I, I thought it was the clean version. What's wrong with it? He said, it still doesn't glorify me. It's still glorifying the prince of the power of the air. So you coming from that and trying to step in my presence and I'm not showing up because you're not clean. Jesus, have mercy. I said, good God Almighty. After that, after that revelation. Nothing but round the clock gospel Christian. I got Christian hip hop. I got Christian pop. I got Christian alternative. I got Christian stomp the devil out music. I got Christian praise and worship. Lick hand. I got Christian. I got all that. I listen to all of it. Right. And, and, and hear me out. There's some music out there that isn't secular as in praising the devil. It's not. It's some music that's 
Like, not Christian, but it ain't President. Like, you know, like jazz music and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. regular, they just, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You play the jazz and do whatever. You know, it's some, I know some pop artists that play some songs and they talk about loving their significant other as long as it ain't no sensual extra stuff. Now, y'all know the difference. Mm -hmm. Y'all smart. We in a millennial church. I ain't got to break it down. Y'all got it, right? And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that, right? But what I'm trying to tell you is the extra stuff that you know don't please God and you just censor it out, that ain't it, Chief. Okay? So praise and worship is important in spending time with him. Okay? So I'm going to run back through this checklist. Spend time with him. Read the word. Pray. Praise and worship. All right? Next point. Exhibit love. That's on the checklist. Exhibit love. Right? Now I'm going to refer back to what I said earlier. What is the greatest command? Jesus said, love each other as I have loved you. And then what? You are my friends if you do what I command. So you got to exhibit love. Because this is how people know the difference between you and the people of this world. You got to have something that separates you. Okay? There's this thing called agape love. And then worldly love. What is worldly love? Love from the world is as long as it's convenient. As long as you benefit me, I love you back. As long as you don't piss me off, I love you back. As long as you don't upset me, I love you back. As long as you do for me, I love you back. But the minute that it's not beneficial, I don't love you no more. But God's love loves people who don't need to be loved. Who don't deserve to be loved, who don't, they don't have an idea of what love really is. Because when you love someone genuinely, and it's the father's love beaming and exuberating from your body and from your being, that love begins to get on them. And now they're beginning to feel different. And now they'll understand the true definition of love based on how you love them through God's love. Come on, somebody. So you have to exhibit love in order to be a friend of God. Because you have to take pleasure in what he takes pleasure in. And he takes pleasure in loving everyone equally. Come on, somebody. The Bible says he's like a shepherd that'll have a hundred sheep and one is lost. He'll leave the 99 to go and try to find the one. And he won't stop until he finds that one. And then when he finds that one, he rejoices. And the angels in heaven rejoice because he found the one lost Sheep, not the 99 found, not the 99 Christians, not the 99 bishops, not the 99 prophets, the preachers, the apostles, but the one lost soul. Come on, somebody. We got God all messed up. We feel like God only in the church. God out looking for the lost. Mm -hmm. I always say God is on the move. People don't understand what I'm talking about. We're like, God did move today. Yes, but he, after that, he don't stay in this building. He's moving, and I'm moving with him. Come on, somebody. People be like, Pastor, why are you so adamant about, you know, going to the streets and to the gangbangers and the prostitutes and, and the pimps and the drug dealers and this, this, and that? Because they the ones that need God. Y'all church folks supposed to have it. <laughs> supposed to. I don't need to come in here once I give y'all this message and come in and teach it again. I shouldn't have to do that, right? I should have to tell it to somebody who didn't hear it, right? Same thing with the gospel. We got God's love. We got salvation. That should be something we shouldn't have to go back over. We should be taking what we know and going and giving it to somebody else. No. When someone knows something and they master a craft, they take on apprentices because the apprentice needs to learn what they know because they don't know it. Right? The master don't go teach other masters, do he? Oh, come on, somebody. Right? They take on interns and apprentices, right? So that they can give them the knowledge that they know themselves. So that person can get that and master that craft and then go give apprenticeship to somebody. 
Same thing in the body of Christ. We got to exhibit love. We got to go give the love back because God loved us. He showed us what love is. And we know what love is even if we just got an inkling of what love is. So we need to walk in love so that we can bring others to the love of God. And then once we bring them in, they're going to get it and then give it back to somebody else. Yes. This is what being a true friend of God involves. Exhibit love. Third point. Be open with him. You might say, Pastor, how can I be open with God? He knows everything. This is true. Well, let me ask you something. When a woman asks a man a question, most of the time they know the answer to it. Right? Especially in a relationship. And when they ask the question, they're not asking because they don't know the answer. Because a woman's intuition is pretty much always on point. They're asking to see if he's going to be open and honest with them. God already knows what's in our hearts. But he loves it when we're open with him. Because now he knows we're trying to develop a relationship that's based on trust and honesty. I tell people, if you can understand how God works, then you're going to understand how a healthy relationship works. Yes. I'm trying to tell you. Yes. If you learn how to love God properly, you'll be able to love a significant other properly. Yes. If you can be honest and open with God, who is the ruler of all things, then you should be able to be open and honest with humans. Yes. I'm just telling you, you got to be open with him. Because it's not that he don't know. He just wants to see if you're going to be honest. Be open with him. This is how friendships develop. Right? Mm-hmm. Come on now. And then last but not least, treat him how you want to be treated. Oh, that's going over his today. We're made in his image, right? You got feelings? You got emotions? I wonder where they came from. I say we made in his image. So you got feelings and you got emotions. So where do you think they came from? The person who made you. So you think his feelings and emotions left after he made you? He still has them. But you know what we do? We spit on God spiritually. I don't care what you think. I'm living my own life. Right. He gave us love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. He offered all of the salvation. All these things. What do we give God? One Sunday every now and then. Or every Sunday with no time with him. Or thank you, Father, in the morning and just live our lives. And he's given us all this. When you wake up in the morning, I just want to ask you this. <laughs> uh, what's the equivalent for life? Can you give God life? He breathes life into us every day just for us to be walking around, breathing, talking, smelling, touching. Right? What can you give him for that? Nothing. Except yourself. The Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, Romans 12, verse 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable, which means it's like like you pretty much should do that. That's like the only thing you can do. Right? That's what reasonable means, right? I mean, unless my dictionary off. I don't know. Right? So reasonable, right? It's your reasonable service. And it says present what? Holy and acceptable. What does that mean? Without sin. What does that mean? If you really love God, then you give him yourself, your life as the sacrifice. Be the willing vessel because if he can use you in the way that he intended for you to reach other people for his kingdom, then guess what? That's your repayment for his salvation, for breath in your lungs, for a roof over your head, for the limbs and use of your ability. Right? Come on, somebody. 
Give God yourself. You know what? The world do it. Women want some money from a sugar daddy. He giving them all this money and all these things, so they give him themselves. <laughs> you better preach. Am I making sense? You're making a lot of sense. Um, you know, like, back in the day, back in history, when a warrior was undefeated in the kingdom, and he was taken over in conquest and this and that, and he come back and the king didn't know how to give him enough money, or he didn't really want to give him the money, he just picked one of his daughters and said, here, here's her hand in marriage, right? Right? Well, why all through history I keep seeing sacrifices being people, living things. People give people away. They give themselves away in, in order for things. Even the devil, when he came and tempted Jesus in the wilderness, what did he say? I'll give you all this kingdom's riches. War, you'll win everything. Oh, all this will be yours if you bow down and worship me. What did he want? Jesus' loyalty, his allegiance of himself to Satan. And you know what most people debate about? They go, well, that's not possible because God owns everything. True. But where are we? In heaven or on earth? On earth. <laughs> Who run the earth? Devil's domain. Devil's it's his domain. Because yeah. he got cast out of heaven. And where is he now? Roaming the earth. Oh, come on, somebody. So the next time you look at someone that isn't living for God and you feel envious and covetous of their things that they have, and you go, I don't understand why God let them do X, Y, and Z, and he, don't, and he blessing them, but he's not blessing me. Maybe you should ask yourself, did God really bless them with those things? Or is this something that's materialistic and in the earth that the devil himself can give them because this is his domain? Yeah. Rappers, singers, thank you, God, for this award. Bruh, nothing in your music. Say nothing about God. You okay, let's ask. So don't get too deep. Huh? <laughs> what you mean? Thank you, God. What's God? <laughs> exactly. Because the Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Okay. And music goes through the airwaves. <laughs> you All right. That's another sermon. God bless you. Okay. John 15, verse 16. <laughs> John 15, verse 16. Let's read this together. Last closing passage. John 15, verse 16. Let's read it together. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me drink a water. God bless you. Oh, that's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. We trying to be God's friend today. We're not trying to figure out what the devil got going on here. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> okay. John 15, verse 16. Same verse. Let's read together. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Let's read verse 17. This is my command. Love each other. He said it again. Come on, somebody. If it wasn't important, why would he repeat himself? 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. What did I say earlier? You will know people's character and who they are by their fruit. fruit which is what? What they produce. Yes. Okay. So, what should we produce? Love. Joy. Peace. Kindness. Because these are characteristics of our Father. He said, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. In my name. Who is speaking in this passage? Jesus. Jesus. What do we say when we end the prayer? In Jesus', Jesus name. name. Who gives us the request? God. God the Father. Right? Okay. 
So let me ask you this. So here we are again. God is giving us life, health, strength, everything we could ask for, everything that we need. Sometimes we don't get what we want because what we want ain't healthy for us. So he gives us what we need, right? And then we see here he makes a promise to us that he didn't choose us. I mean, we didn't choose him. He chose us, right? He appointed us, right? So we could go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, right? And then he says, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Mm-hmm. So does that, is, does that sound like a promise that we can ask just about anything in his name, like in accordance with his will, and he'll give it to us? Mm-hmm. My, my, my. So he give us all that. In return, just right. And in return, he just want us mm-hmm. to give him some time. To be his friend. Because he's already being our friend. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Father. So when you leave here today, I want you to ask yourself, God is my friend, but am I God's friend? Mm-hmm. Israel Hopton made a song years ago, I Am a Friend of God. I know y'all probably heard it all in the churches. They play this song out. I am a friend of God. Right? You know, mm-hmm. All the time. That's all I've ever heard. That was a great concept. I'm pretty sure many people back then got it. But today, how many people really get this concept now? I wonder. Are you a friend of God? This is what I ask. I'm not asking you to judge you. I'm not asking you to judge yourself. I'm asking you to ask yourself because this is what we call soul searching. Mm-hmm. And when you go home, you ask yourself. You ask yourself, how much time do I give him? How much time do I spend reading his word? How much time do I spend exhibiting love? Do I exhibit love at all? Ask yourself. Because I gave y'all the checklist on what it is to be a friend of God, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Friendship is only healthy if it's mutual. If it's reciprocated, right? So check this out. This is the thing. The greatest act of love is to lay down your life for someone else. Jesus did that for us. Did he not? He did. You sitting here today because of that. You know, I've had people battle me on this. Oh, I believe in God, I don't believe in Jesus. The Bible says, no man can come to the Father except through me, Jesus. When I don't believe in Bible, it was man written. Okay. We talked about this in life group this past week. Uh, The rules and laws of science were written by men. The law of gravity was written by men. Mm -hmm. The rules and safety guidelines for how you use your car that you have outside was written by a man. Man was invented by God. And man was made by God. Thank you. Come on, somebody. So I want to tell you today that God loves you, even the people in the lives, and he considers you his friend. This is the only friendship where he's taken no healthy reciprocation for years on end from multiple people for thousands of years and he still offers his friendship to us but my question is when are we going to offer our friendship to god come on somebody we can always say god is my friend but my question is can god say that's my friend 
When you go into a church and you see thousands of members and they are prosperous and they have big church and they have uh, three, four, five services and they have things for the youth and children's ministry and they have things they do on the weekends and they have uh, workshops and conferences and they invite celebrities to minister and all these things. Ask yourself, I wonder how many of them are God's friends. Because guess what I learned? Just because you have success does not mean God is with you. What did I tell you? The devil can give you success too. People don't believe that. But if that's not the case, then why do people sell their souls in the industry and get all these things? Come on, somebody. That's a whole other sermon for that day. I'm just telling you, right? So, so my prayer for you today, my prayer for you today is that when you leave here, that you leave knowing that God's love is the greatest love that anyone could ever have or possess. And that love has been freely given to each and every one of you. Been freely given. He laid down his life so that we could be okay. So that I could preach today. Because I wasn't a preacher always, remember? I wasn't. I was doing my own thing. Matter of fact, I didn't even want to hear a preacher. Because I felt like, as many of them are, the hypocrites. But then I came in the game after God changed my life. And I said, I'm going to be different. And I'm going to link up with people that are different. Not because it's my will, but God's will must be done on earth. And God spoke to me. He said, son, people are hurting. He said, people are lost. He said, my love is not in these people's hearts. And this is why nobody's listening. I said, God, people are speaking great sermons. He said, yes, but they're not speaking in love. So nobody wants to hear it. I said, God, well, so-and-so doing this and so-and-so doing that. And they're doing great. He said, yes, but they don't understand my love. Anybody can preach. You can be a good speaker, but it takes somebody with love and patience to be a pastor. Anybody can give a good speech. I can go get one of my activist buddies right now. He'll come up here and preach the walls down, but he don't have patience for you. All the love in his heart to give you the proper guidance, because once you go against the grain, he's like, God bless you. He out. That's not his calling to be a pastor. He's meant to speak to people and draw people in. He's got charisma. You understand? But I'm here to tell you that God's love is there whether man get it or not. So why wouldn't you go to the source? God is your friend. Be his friend.